Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Aha Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide. I'm Mari, and happy Tuesday. Welcome back. I'm excited about today's call, which is all about setting yourself free. Is it time to set yourself free? And this is something that I have been um, thinking about for quite some time as I've been developing a new program for us uh, that I will actually be doing a preview call, a free preview call next week, next Wednesday at 12 noon. You'll get the email uh, probably in the next couple of days about our preview call. And uh, we're all going to be talking about getting a second wind. And as I was thinking about what does it really take to get a second wind in your life? You know, we've all been through um, losses and regrets and, you know, job and career changes and marriages and all sorts of different things. But, you know, and and life wears you down, right? And sometimes you have these big goals. Um, I've always been very goal-oriented and, um, you know, have these real far-reaching things, especially as entrepreneurs. I know a lot of you listen to the show are entrepreneurs. And it's sometimes really hard to um, get get a second wind after you had the wind knocked out of your sails for various reasons in your life. You know, life happens. People pass away. Um, we have sudden losses or not so sudden losses. We get bogged down in uh, maybe extra weight or debt or health issues and um, or people just not turning out to be what we thought they would be. So we get kind of caught in various cycles of stuck grief and, and all of that. And when you have that going on in multiple life categories, it can really, really, really wear you down. I, I call it being tired to the bone marrow. It's not just basic fatigue that a vacation will take care of. It's not necessarily, um, uh, you know, it's 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 not something that feels particularly temporary. It feels like this kind of numb longing sometimes. It feels like this sort of you know underlying uh, dark cloud, and so it's hard to sometimes find the energy to get a second win, to get that courage to say, you know what, I'm going to give it another go. I'm going to open my heart and and open myself up to a really available relationship. I'm going to, you know, go after losing that weight again or, or getting on it with starting my new business or, you know, really taking my business to another level, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that happens is we start to define ourselves by our past. 
and we start to justify it and hear it all the time. Oh, when I, you know, I've already been through, you know, this and that, and you know, and I've and I've had this, and I have proof. And we use these horrible past experiences as proof that we shouldn't try again. And there could be no bigger lie. It's an absolute lie to think that your past predicts your future. Um, in 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 and of itself, the only thing that predicts your future is your continuous focus and your thoughts. And whatever your thoughts, wherever your thoughts go, your energy follows. So if you are constantly beating the drum of, you know, it's never going to work for me or it hasn't worked in the past and that's why I wouldn't try again and, and all of that, that, and you will absolutely guarantee that you don't get your second wind. But um, if you kind of do the opposite, and I'm going to, I'm creating an entire program on how to, to do this. Um, you can get a second wind, and life always will bring you second chances, always second, third, fourth, a hundredth chances. It does not make any sense to your higher self to give you one shot at something. It it just does. If you want a second chance, you can get it. It may not be with that exact same person. If that person passed away, my fiance passed away. I know all about that. Um, but believe me, they will bring you love again. They will bring you your, you know, when I say they, meaning your higher self um, will, will you know, in collaboration with you, bring you some someone that that even surpasses more than what you could ever imagine, and and that goes for you know all the things that you may have lost or just never really got, you know, maybe you've never accomplished that that one you know goal. Maybe life happened, you had kids, and you wanted to be a great parent, and you decided to put yourself on hold, and you did that for you know a couple of decades, and. And then it's like, oh, they're off to school or they're off to getting married and having their own kids. And all of a sudden, you don't really even have an identity anymore because you so identify with parenting. And now what? You know, this is all the all of these things. Um, you know, getting a second chance in life is, is very much available. And um, so today, we're going to talk all about setting yourself free because the first thing to be able to position yourself to get that second chance for those opportunities to present themselves to you to set yourself free from the stories of your past to set yourself free from all of your constructs and all of these walls and fortresses that you may have built up um, around you to sort of cocoon yourself to handle and ward off the feelings of regret the feelings of despondence the feelings of blame shame guilt fear you know all of all of that stuff, and um, in our normal Western, for those of you here in the U.S., because uh, we have people from all over the world that listen to our show, but in the Western school of thought, we go to therapy, right? We we go into the mental health realm and we go into personal development and goal setting and things like that. And we try to use our willpower and our analytical abilities to figure out what happened and, we, you know, to take you all the way back to childhood and sometimes birth and, and, and all of that and, and start to try to unravel why you feel this way. And they're basically saying that if you can't figure out why, then you won't be able to, um, you know, just to heal. And this is just not true just not true. So today I wanted to spend some time um, talking about this, and I invite you to participate in the conversation with me by calling in, and I see several of you are on the lines already, so that's great. Um, and the number is, to call in is uh, 917-889-2222. 
2626. That's 917-889-2626. Okay, so um, talk a little bit about what gets us trapped in the first place. Now, I want to preface this with, in addition to an MBA, marketing, all that, I do have a degree in psychology, and I worked in the mental health field for many years before I even started down my business path and spirituality and all that stuff. And my mother was also a psychotherapist. So I know all about this getting stuck thing. <laughs> um, it, it, and it happens to everyone. Nobody is, is really, um, you know, escapes this. People are given, some people have better coping skills. Some people don't have uh, as much sensitivity to loss as others. So some people seem to sort of skim right through it. Some people also know how to mask things. So if you have a tendency to compare yourself to others, <laughs> Sam, I can <laughs> my producer came on late today and he just wrote <laughs> he always puts a name up for for himself on the control board and he just called himself Gorgeous Sam. So hi gorgeous Sam, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Um, so if you have um a uh, you know friends that you look to and you or other people and you start comparing yourself to others uh, stop because there's a lot of different levels of sensitivity if you're listening to this show then you probably are an empath you probably are a you know a sensitive and if you are that you're going to have bigger reactions to feeling stuck than somebody who's not you know, there are some people who feel good in their stuckness. They feel justified. They feel like, okay, I'm just going to show up and do my thing and go home and do my thing. And then there's other people who feel really despondent, feel like I should be doing something big in the world. I have a legacy to leave. I don't know what that legacy might be, but I have it. Or I tried something and it failed, and I was so heartfelt about it, and I thought I did everything right, and it just slipped through my fingers. It just you know, fell out from underneath me and now I'm going to sit and regret and grieve it. And and then some people get really bitter because they feel like they have tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and, tried and it hasn't, you know, um, it hasn't worked. So then they start justifying themselves and trying to bargain with the, their energy saying, you know, or or going up and tantruming, like you're talking to a parent who's withholding your you know, your dessert, saying, "Oh, I I you know I showed up, I did I followed all the rules, I did everything you said, I you know got this degree and did that thing, and it didn't work for me, and I still don't have the money, and why am I this old and I still don't have this and I don't have that?" And so um, you can start to barricade your, yourself in those feelings, and. Some people like to stay in that zone of victimization and despondence because it is very easy to stay there um, by comparison to trying again. What are we avoiding? We're avoiding being vulnerable, right? And so vulnerability, and I'll get to that a little bit later, um, is, is a part of the second wind. It's, it's, there's a willingness um, that, that comes along with it. But the first thing you want to look at and and this is 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 important is your past stories you know think about how you introduce and this is an exercise you can do um think about when you meet somebody new and you let them kind of know who you are you're going to have more than just a tertiary conversation 
you know, how to weather that thing. You're going to get a little bit below that surface. What story do you leave with? They say, well, what do you do? How do you like it? Um, you know, you start to tell them, you know, a slice of life. Where, where do you start? You start with, oh, my back hurts. Oh, you know, it's all because I had an injury when I was six and when I was 10. Or, and, and, oh, it's never stopped. And, oh, you know, my mother had the same thing. And, and oh, well, you lead with a story of pain, a story of suffering, a story of some sort of sort of on a down note. Do you lead with um, your accomplishment? You know, oh, I lived in, in Europe for for 10 years. Uh, you know, oh, I, I, you know, and do you start, or you start uh, telling people, you know, that you, you you have this many books that have sold and that much this. Are you are you giving them something to measure you up by, to, to justify yourself, to, you know, set a, set a bar, okay? There's also, and this is another common one, if you don't have a lot of stories, do you use other people's stories to be your story? I know people who have used my stories to be their story. You know, they use me as their conversation piece, as a conversation starter, because they don't have their own story. And this can be very prevalent. And so you want to you wanna look at that. Start to think about how do you present yourself? What story leads the way? You know, you talk about, oh, I'm a single parent and I suffer. Oh, I'm a this and I suffer. Oh, you know, is there a suffrage type of theme? What's your theme? Okay. Because nine times out of ten, um, it's something that isn't overcoming, something that you feel you need to over you need to overcome, or something that you feel, um, you know, it kind of sets the tone, and it sets your own personal tone. But more importantly than what it does for the other person who you're speaking to, it's reinforcing how you feel about yourself, and that's more important. Okay, so your past stories um, are very very powerful. And the reason why, especially, now I'm not talking about how you overcame something per se. Not, I'm not talking about the triumph stories yet. We'll get to that. But most of us, you know, you kind of leave with your, oh, God, I, I wish I had more money. Or, oh, you know, yes, I'm going to do this business, but, you know, the money hasn't shown up yet. So when the universe gives me the money, then, you know, I'll get this done, this done, this. Okay? So it's still a, a lack, a lack story. Okay? And what that does is it programs your future. So what most people don't recognize is that your past, especially if you beat the drum of these stories and you're constantly repeating them or presenting them to other people as such or, or you know, using them as your crutch or your, you know, your filter with how you look at life through whatever color glasses you have, pessimism or whatever, you start to become your past. You are that debt. You are that broken relationship, that broken marriage. You are that struggle, that suffrage. Okay? Uh, because you're telling that story over and over and over again. So then what happens is, uh, from a frequency perspective, you start to create what we call mystery school, negative crystals in your energetic field. And those crystals are magnetic because you're putting a tremendous amount of emotion into them. 
and you've settled down into them. They've become comfortable. So you've made your comfort zone a negative, victimized place. And that is now throbbing in your frequency, like a radar. And remember, your thoughts are electric. And then, so that's that story. And then your emotions are magnetic. So if you have the story and it's very, you know, very justified, you know, and don't, you don't let anyone talk you out of the story because, no, you know that husband did this to you and this is why you're broke now and this is why you can't get blah, blah, blah. And then you have this, so you're putting a tremendous amount of passion and emotion and fervor into justifying why your situation is the way it is and why this story is the way it is and how this has been in your way and how nothing's coming through it, blah, blah, blah. You're trying to justify it and build a case, trying to give evidence of why you either need help or a rescue mission from the universe or, or why nothing will ever work for you or why you quit. You know, you use that to justify why you quit. And then, you know, you're angry at God, you're angry at the church, you're angry at your parents, you're angry at your mother, she did this to you, your father did that, he left, da 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 the government did this, the that, the president, oh, you're this race, they hate that, you're that race, they hate this, you know, all of that. You put all that emotion in there, and you are creating a perfect recipe for repetition of that same thing. There is, it's universal law, and what a lot of people do is they think if they make enough bad of a story, that somehow the universe will come and rescue them up out of it because they've proven that they need the help more than everybody else. And unfortunately, the universe is not apparent. As much as we've learned in formal religion to refer to God as our father and, you know, uh, our, you know or mother or whatever, the universe is not like a parent. The universe focuses on electromagnetic energy, and it answers you based on where you put your focus, your energy follows, and where you put your emotion, it creates a magnetic field for the light to come, whatever's like that, uh, that you're magnetizing, it comes back to you, Okay. So this is, these are new habits, you know. So it's not all lost, but it's important for you to start to notice what is the story. Be really honest with yourself. Filtered glasses do you have on? Do you have a filter of debt? You go out to a store and say, oh, I'd love to get that, but no, you know, I got to, no, I got to, I don't, no, I can't because I, I have all this I should be paying, but I need to, you know, so I'll put that on hold. I'll put myself on hold and I'll go, but I still don't pay the other thing, but I still, you know, put myself on hold because, oh, no, I can't, oh, no, oh, that's too much money for me. Oh, no, that's too much. Oh, no. You know, this kind of martyring type of thing. And I'm not saying if you're, like, rebuilding your credit, you know, you're saying it's different than saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to get that um, sofa and I'm putting money aside for that and, uh, you know, very deliberately and I'm also – um, thinking I'm going to pace myself with the sofa because I'm I'm choosing to pay off debt because I feel like you know paying off that debt. You know it's it's it's, a, it's how you position yourself. But if you slog it out and look at your debt, let's say and say, oh my God, and you start to beat yourself up over it and you start to feel undeserving of more money because you have it and because you owe money and you don't let yourself buy it, you can send yourself into such a negative downward spiral. And it becomes unrecognizable. And this is the other big thing that happens for folks is that it becomes unrecognizable. 
when your stories are so entrenched in who you are and you lead with these stories of, you know, drama, trauma, pain, blame, guilt, fear, um, health issues, oh, this hurt, oh, that, oh, God. You know, how do you start your average phone conversation with a friend? Is it, hey, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. And um, how are you doing? Oh, my back. Oh, oh. If you start off with a groan, Moses, oh. I know people like this. It's, it's like, oh. Like they start to come with oh. Every day. Not sometimes. Every day. And they lead through all of the things. And then when good things happen, they still justify that it's a fluke. Oh, I had a flu today. Something good happened. Oh, and then back to groaning again, right? That's kind of leading with a story that's not necessarily in your best interest. Those stories trap you. And when they become unrecognizable to you, that's when you really get in trouble because then you start to experience things like numbness, like confusion like despondent, like depression. You start to turn your anger in on yourself, okay? And and that's when it gets to be a mess. But somebody says, I'm just numb. It's because they've lost their way with their stories. They've lost their way because they've gotten so entrenched, they don't even know the origination, they, their originating sense of self anymore. Okay, you're never really numb. You're just, you, you're, you're numb to your shut down to your own self, you know, your own true self. You know, it's kind of like a mask. So these past stories um, can become who you are if you choose. And let's talk about now how, how to shift that, right? Because in order to get that those second chances, there has to be, you know, that little mustard seed going down into the ground of, you know what, yeah, I, it, and it doesn't have to be perfection, by the way. You never have to be perfect in any of the stuff that I'm teaching for it to work. And I always say, you know, if you can get to 60%, 60%, 70%, you have miracles happening. You know, 50%, eh. 60% where you're doing most of it, 60% of the time, you're going to have some nice, a nice, you know, start to things, nice things start to unfold. 70%, you're going to start seeing miracles. You don't have to be 100% all the time. So, if you, you know, if you go and you leap with a dark story or whatever, or you complain or whatever, doesn't mean you've killed it, okay? But what you want to be is aware, okay? What you want to be is aware. Now, here's another big thing that gets people stuck. And some people are very happily stuck in the past. They're so comfy, cozy, all curled up in their dismay over why this happened 20 years ago. And so I had a boyfriend call me, an ex-boyfriend, rather. I guess it was about two summers ago. I think I dated him, I don't know, a few decades ago. I mean, why? Why? I'm like, are you really serious right now? <laughs> For real? Are you kidding me? You know, like he hated my horse. I had my horse at the time when I was dating him, and I was very highly competitive. So, you know, he was sharing my attention, and he didn't like that at all. And he's still complaining about the horse. And I go, oh, that horse. I said, 
he's been dead for like 10 years. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and so, you know, you got to wonder, like, uh, you know, but at some point, <laughs> you got to let it go, right? You just got to let it go. Now, here's the other nuance that's important to remember or to know, because a lot of people love this, especially in the spiritual realms where everybody's trying to do the past lives and, oh, and they start identifying with all these past things from ancient times that have absolutely nothing to do with anything. And, um, and you know, they also say things like, I can't move forward until I have this cleared. I can't move forward until I get closure. Oh, God. The word closure kills me. I hear this on the call lines when I do my the readings on the Bob Olson's call lines. People call me and they're just, I need closure. I need closure with this man. I need closure on this. I need closure on that. Most of the time when people are saying I need closure, it means that they're afraid of the forward future. And it's easier to keep analyzing what's already happened and and wait for something in that regard because it's something they already know, their mental mind knows, they're familiar with no matter how painful it is, than it is to go into the ambiguity of, of the forward, of, of what's going to happen, in, you know, in your future and in your present even. You see, they, they clutter up their present moment with all these thoughts of the past because they're scared of the the blank slate, the darkness, what seems like darkness, the black hole of the future. They can't control that, or they don't think they can. They have, you know, let me tell you something. Listen closely. You got a lot more control of the future than you do of the past. The past is done. Doesn't particularly exist anyway, but that's a different show. For the sake of linearity here, the past is done. That's what you don't have control over. It's over. What you have control over is your forward. Because guess what? You get to choose that. People think, oh, this is happening to me. Oh, that happened to me. Oh, listen to what happened to me now, Mari. Oh, listen to the, oh, my God, after all that I've done, look what's happened to me now. So they feel like it's some sort of thing coming down from on high. And, and it's not key here is things don't have to completely resolve or be finished perfectly for you to move forward. I have this really, really cool motto now, and I and I coined it, I guess, a couple of years ago. Um, I can't remember the exact date that it hit my head, but it hit me pretty hard. <laughs> and I just said, it's probably the most articulate thing I've ever said, and that is, life is messy. It, it is. It's messy. And if you think it's neat and sweet because you're looking over the fence at everybody else's lives around you, trust me and I tell you, if they're looking like everything is really neat and just perfectly tied up, it's a lie. It's not. It's how they present things to the forward-facing public. But everybody has a mess somewhere. Everybody. Why? Because messes are what teach us. Messes are what you know, we create with contrast and what we create with, with you know, turbulence to go forward, right? If you didn't have, you know, if crawling wasn't, didn't at some point become inefficient to get you from one side of the room to the other when you were a kid, you'd never have walked. 
What if God made it totally comfortable just to crawl and built highways around crawling and we all just stayed crawling because it was convenient, because we mastered it? No. And, and, and if it was all comfy cozy when we were crawling around on the floor, get everything you wanted from the other side of the room by crawling, and you weren't busting up your knees and you weren't, you know, too big for your knees to handle anymore or whatever, how far would you get? And how low would everything have to be built to handle if you could only build your hands and knees to get from one thing to the next? Right? We'd never have vaulted ceilings because <laughs> he crawling around. Nobody'd be tall enough to build them. Right? So we so then what happens to entice you to want to stand up? You can't reach something. You need to get there faster. You want to get there, you're getting too heavy to to, to get your do that to your knees with crawling across the floor. So you so you start to stand up. And then you get encouragement. Guess what? Along the way of figuring this out, you fall down a lot. And some parents, oh, my God, oh, you fell a couple of oh, and they make a big fuss over the falling down. But others make a much bigger fuss over the staying up. Oh, you fell down. Okay, sweetie, that's okay. Get up. And you get more of a reward for standing. Look, you stood up. Oh, that's so awesome. You get more attention for the standing up. So then what do you want to do? You want to stand up more. Right? Those kids walk faster, believe me, than the ones, oh, my God, you fell. You know, you're going to break something, you know. And so crawling to the walking thing doesn't happen without Sometimes regressing into saying, I'm not doing it. I'm going to crawl. I'm get to that ball faster. And the kids, it's funny, right? When they, when they, they, they've took, taken a couple of steps. Everybody got it on YouTube and the FaceTime and everything. And then the kid, all of a sudden, you look down and the kid's crawling like 300 miles an hour across the floor because they're used to crawl. They know they can get there with the crawl. The walking, oh, God, it's a, it's a chore. So some days you just say, screw it. I'm going to crawl, right? But. Over time, their muscles get stronger, their femurs grow, their bones, you know, figure it out, their brain is, is, is advancing, everything, all those those physiological things that are being triggered by that falling down, the growth platelets and everything, standing up, falling down, they're building muscles just by standing up, falling down, standing up, falling down, by doing squats, you know. We, you know, as we get older and we're told to exercise, we go right back to those same exercises we did as a toddler trying to get up and walk. Just strengthens us and carry your own weight. Your body starts to learn how to carry its own weight, how to balance. Okay? And that's what contrast is. That's why I say life is messy. And if you have this this thing where you feel like you can't move forward because you haven't, you know, had your quote closure unquote and you haven't, you know, made everything neat and sweet, tied up with a perfect little bow from your past, you're going to be sitting in your past for a really long time. Sometimes it's just better to say, you know what, that just is what it is. I learned what I needed to learn from it. It didn't need to continue. It's done now. Let me move on. So the universe being really efficient. Can you imagine if the universe forced us, if our higher self forced us 
to fix everything in our lives before we can move forward to the perfect, you know, whatever man's standard of perfect is. Can you imagine what you would have would not have accomplished? You know, because sometimes we're doing a whole lot of work down the wrong path, or we go down a side path so we can get certain experiences so we can get back to our main path with that wisdom. Right? So sometimes when you feel like you're pulled off your main you know, thoroughfare of your goals and your desires and whatnot, and you kind of get shoved off into um, a healing crisis, let's say. You may be learning how to self-heal. You may be learning skills that you wouldn't have even asked for if you hadn't been going through that experience. Or you may be learning courage. You may be learning faith, ultimately required in your, you know, your next move. Move forward on the main goal, on the main drag. Right, so that you have confidence, so that you have wisdom. So even these side door things, that's why I say life is messy. It's not all meant to be in this perfect straight line, perfect neat little bow. And when you have a demand for that, and I hear it a lot with people, especially people who who aren't working with me um, in my advanced programs, but like people who just come for a reading, and you know they're not really that advanced in these teachings and stuff, and they come and they're very very much stuck in what's going to happen to me, what's going to happen next, and, you know, when am I going to get my stuff, and why isn't this, you know, I can't move forward with somebody new because I'm not over the old person, all that stuff. I need closure from him. Is he going to come back? And I'm going to just, you know, wait for him to come back, or her, to come back. To what? What are they coming back to? That comes back to the old you, so then you think that anything is going to change? Oh, when they come, well, when are they going to come back, Mario? Okay, and then when they do come back, what are they going to say? How is it going to look? Yeah, is this the one? Is this going to be the one? You know, like they have absolutely nothing to do with it. Like this whole big thing has lost all happened to them. Those are some of the hardest calls I have to do. In fact, I don't do a whole lot of it anymore, to be honest, because I, I kind of try to avoid all that. But you know, some periodically I do, and I and I and I just when I only have a few minutes with somebody, I and I can't get into all this, and I just listen, and I'm just like, wow, that's just, <laughs> you know, and um, but the bottom line is, when you demand that everything has to be finished or resolved, it's really a purgatory of your own making. Sometimes you just need to move forward, and moving forward starts with, will sound a little cliche, but um, in fact, some, a lot of this does, because, you know, a lot of this is, seems to be commonplace in the spirituality conversations that, you know, you hear around town, but um, forgiveness. And I'm not even talking about forgiving the other person that might be involved, but forgiving yourself. You know, if you're going to start a diet, and you've been on many, many diets before, and you've had all kinds of, you know, diet PTSD because you've gone and beat yourself up, and then you failed, and you, you know, you had a little success, and you, and you just assume when I start this next time, I'm probably gonna fail, but I need to start because I can't do it this way, you know, be like this anymore, and you kind of go from that real, kind of lull, dull place, you know. If you come in with the story that whenever I start a diet. I fail, you're literally from your past, right? Your past is creating who you are. That story is defining you. 
And you're also putting yourself in a parallel where that frequency is going to attract a like experience, a like a situation. So people say, why do I go through this over and over again? Well, did you start with your frequency first? Have you changed anything in that regard? Oh, Barry, just shut up. I need to be in reality right now. I'm too stressed out. I'm this, I'm that. Okay. Don't expect anything different. Don't. And and I'm not going to listen to it anymore either. Don't. Do you. Knock yourself out. Some people really are more comfortable being in that zone because they can't handle the potential of failing going forward. Okay, so forgiveness and forgiving yourself first and saying, hey, you know what? I know that was a story. I know I've had many repetitive scenarios that make make it look seem like I can't be successful at this, you know, weight loss thing. But I forgive myself for that because I did know, I did the best I could with what I had at that time. But now I have some newfound wisdom. I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to see myself as my divine self, that I understand that I am a divine being, that I am, you know, creating divine perfection. And my divine being is not 20 pounds overweight. (laughs) My divine being is perfect, radiant health. So I'm going to start reflecting that version of me. I'm going to start reflecting my own divinity. And I'm not going to worry about all those things in the past because those were experiences to kind of school me and season me and give me a patina, to give me some wisdom. But I'm going to make some choices here and I'm going to choose that my present is free. And this is what I mean. Is it time to set yourself free? It is free. Your present moment is always free. I don't care about your debt. I don't care about your relationships. I don't care about who did what to you and whatever. Your present, your present moment is always free. You choose to continue to attach to those old stories or react and resist what, you know, the circumstances or let the circumstances dictate, you know, who you are and all that. But your, your present is your place of freedom because you get to choose again and again and again. And you can choose to say, you know what, I know all these things, these circumstances are kind of here. You know, they're, they're sitting there. I'm going to let that, I'm going to corral those because I know that if I get this frequency thing down, those things will start to dissolve. Things will start to incrementally get better if I stabilize. And by forgiving yourself and not going into a self, you know, a self-attack because of these past stories, I can't tell you. The level of freedom you have when you face your day and you say, I'm free. I'm free. Wow. I'm free of that. Yeah, those are stories. Yeah, those are, you know, those are circumstantial things from, you know, other times. But for today, this moment, I'm free. And I can focus on that or I can focus on what can I focus on today that is going to make you know, it an epic day. It's going to give me clarity. It's going to give me clearance of the past. You know how they, you know, in the news, they're talking a lot about security clearances lately. Um, what's going to give you your clearance? You know, what's going to give you your security clearance to go through your own gate forward? What if the darkness that you think of the future is really the light? What if that 
you know, when you think about the future and you don't know what's going to happen, that it's not a big black hole. Maybe it's a big white tunnel. And I'm not talking about the tunnel of death either. I'm talking about maybe it's light. You see yourself walking into illumination, an illuminated existence, you know, or getting uh, a beacon of light, of support as you go forward in just today. And I'm not talking about looking so far out to the future. I had somebody talk to me the other day about the boyfriend came back and, um, and you know, he was, had been gone for a month doing his, you know, whatever, but his ghosting routine, and he came back. And, you know, she was all happy and everything. And I said, okay, well, good. You'll take it day by day. She said, what? Because in her head, and I see this all the time, my clients. If he comes back, then does this mean that he's going to be here forever? Is he going to? Is, is he going to? You know, this is this is it, right? This is this is. Uh, and they, and you try to live your life in big, huge chunks, and it's really in small, tiny increments, moment by moment, by moment, by moment, by moment, choice by choice by choice, and you can choose to light those choices up with a positive forward-facing illumination type of enlightened frequency, or you can choose make those increments go backwards to the old stories, the, uh, the injured psyche, all of that, right? So a couple of steps. Um, and like I said, I don't see anybody who wants to ask a question. I see a lot of you listening. see anybody who wants to ask a question. I'm going to... Um, Give you the number one more time, and if we get some questions, we'll take them. If not, then we might end a little early. The number to call in is 917-889-2626, okay? 917-889-2626. So let's talk about how we how we do this, you know, how we kind of actually, a couple of steps you can take to set yourself free. And the first thing is what I was just talking about, which is being aware and noticing, taking time. Notice how when you speak to somebody, um, what do you what you lead with? Do you lead with your accomplishments? Do you you know after like the third sentence, you're already telling them what you've done in the past and how you used to ride on a private jet, and how you used to do, you know you know how you used to this in your corporate career, or how when you were a doctor you did that, or when you were a kid you did. Do you lead with your past because you don't have much to talk about now? Do you lead with your suffrage? How are you doing? Oh, <laughs> okay. If you leave with groans and grunts, it's kind of probably not a good idea. It's not, it's not let's just put it like this. Your electromagnetic field is kind of responding to things that, eh, you know, may not be the happiest of places in producing the results that you, you want to see if you're starting with the groans and the grunts. Um. And so being aware and noticing. Okay? Journaling is helpful, too, with this, just to write down your stories. It's like, wait, you know. And it's funny because a lot of you say to me, oh, I'm so advanced. Oh, I, I hear this all the time. I've been on the path for 20 years. Oh, over 30 years. I've heard all of this already, Mari. But, you know, and, and it's like, okay, you might have been listening and intellectualizing and dibbling and dabbling, but have you been living it? 
You know, have you been living it? And remember, it doesn't matter if you've been on the fast for five minutes or 20 years. What it matters is that you're actually taking action, okay, that you're taking action in your life in a consistent manner. Today I was um, reaffirming all my goals in my dance uh, partnership with my dancer boy. (laughs) And I was saying, oh, you know, I'm recommitting myself to all of these goals, these big cops. He says, okay, well, that's wonderful. But I need you to be consistent. This is the most important thing. I need you to, to, to stick to this and be consistent. Then I have something to work with. And he's right. You know, so you're so it's it's consistency and it's action. You know, the big difference we get, especially in the in the U.S., we get very rewarded for being analytical and being decisive and having answers. But in the energetic world, having answers really stops energy from flowing. Asking a question actually encourages. So, um, asking a question like. Okay, what 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 do I need to see most right now? Or you know, as opposed to what's wrong with me, you know, or you know, what what do I need to know that if I knew it would really you know help the situation move forward? Okay, or how can I I you know love myself more today? Or how can I um, see something uh, positive about this? Or you know. I know my divine self knows the solution already. I know the solution, and I'm divine. So I know the solution. Even if you don't think you know the solution, there's a piece, there's an aspect of you that knows every every solution. So to say, I know, I know the solution. I know it. I know it. And just to say that over and over again, you will start to, that's way better than saying over and over again, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know. 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 I'm confused. I am confused. I am confused. I don't know. I don't know. That is affirming yourself backwards. So the first thing is being aware, noticing. Okay. The second thing is when when you do figure out some stories, you know, gosh, I lead with my debt first. Wow. Yeah, you know what? I lead with physical ailments first. I always have to tell somebody, oh, I don't feel, oh, I feel awful. I feel this, I feel that. And, huh, so now I know that, you know, I'm looking through thick colored glasses or I'm, I'm co- coloring every current choice with that frequency as opposed to saying, you know what, I feel, I feel a little under the weather, but I know I'm healing. You know, I know I'm in a, in a process right now. And, you know, or, or, or you could say I feel fine. <laughs> I can because that's commanding. It's commanding your your frequency. Okay. Um, the second thing that I found is really helpful when you're going to now you've identified something that you'd like to change or clear to ritualize your changes. Ritualizing things makes it official, like rites of passage. So really, the difference between a senior and a high school. And a freshman in college is a graduation day, right? I mean, they get the the, the the diploma, they get a piece of paper that says you have finished. They have some officials say, 
okay, yes, you have finished the course of study. But they ritualize it. They have this big cap and gown thing. And, you know, and it becomes a big deal. It's a rite of passage for the kids, but it's also a rite of passage for the family, the parents, for the teachers. You know, we just graduated this many people. It's a rite of passage for the team, for each of these kids, meaning their parents, their siblings, their siblings, like, look up to them. Oh, wow, he graduated. I want to do that too. Right? So when you want to make a change, it is very powerful to ritualize that change. Give yourself, light a candle, say, okay, I'm officially letting go of this past story. It's not finished in the sense of I don't know all the answers. I don't know if this is what this person was thinking. I don't know if he's sleeping with somebody else or, oh, is he ever going to come back? But I'm making a choice to not let this story lead for me anymore. It's not necessarily all tied up in the traditional sense of the word, but it's tied up because I'm saying it's tied up in the sense of I'm done. I'll let it be undone. I'll let it just, you know what, I just don't know. In that regard, I don't know, you know, I don't know what was on his mind. I don't. I can't read his mind. But you know what? I'm done with wondering. I'm moving, I'm using that wondering energy over there for something in the past to pushing it and allowing it to transmute and clear. See, understand, when you have energy stuck from the past, and this is something I talk about in my advanced classes. I'm just going to say one sentence about it. I'm not going to go into it too deeply. But when you have something stuck in the past, the energy, it's not a matter of getting rid of toxic energy. Okay, everybody's not going to have to get rid of the toxic people in my life. They're attacking me. They're attacking my frequency. No. Okay. Whenever you, when you're talking about that energy, it's been assigned to, you know, something what you would consider to be negative or gunked up or whatever. You're not getting rid of the energy even when you're doing a clearing. What you're doing is you're taking that energy and you're putting it through a rinse cycle. You're transmuting it back to pure frequency that's available to be assigned in another way. Frequency doesn't go away. Energy never goes away. It's just dirtied and then you filter it through something. You clear it and it, and it transmutes back into pure energy and it's reassigned. Now, a lot of times people do all these clearings. I see this all the time. People, I know people who just love their past life regressions and, oh, and I regressed myself and, oh, I was this and, I, you know, 1420 and I was that, 1994 and all. And, and, and they have all this, you know, all they go through all this round and around and around and they sift in all their problems and they're trying to find closure and blah, 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 blah. And then after that, they come out of it, and I'm like, oh, I wonder when he's going to come back. Oh, my God. Oh, I wonder why he left. Oh, it's, I wonder what I did wrong. I wonder. Da, da, da. They're reassigning the energy. They, 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 they do a clearing, and then they go back to the lamenting. They're reassigning that transmuted energy that's now clear and buoyant and ambient to facing energy again. So then you got to clear it again. All oh, the energy stuck. Oh, I got to get rid of all the stuck energy. Well, you're not really getting rid of it. You're transmuting it. And that's why it's really important to ritualize your shift, your your changes, so that you say, okay, it's official. I'm demarcating this time as that was something that I used to do. This is something that I'm moving forward into. I'm here now. That's done. Okay. So ritualizing those changes. Okay, and then. Um, Consistency. Consistency. Using this process over and over again to make sure that you're staying present. And and giving yourself something to look forward to is really also very important to setting yourself free. 
giving yourself something to look forward to and a new reward system for that. Okay? Something that really, when you, and it's funny, you may not be able to think of it now if you've kind of had lots of past stories and you're still kind of bogged down, but you'll know that you're on the right track because as soon as you start to free yourself, you will find that the things that you really want show right up in your face. People ask me all the time, what's my passion? Tell me what my passion is. And I I have no idea. I have no idea. Don't ask a psychic what your passion is. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. Because that passion comes from your own heart space. You know? And, and they'll make something up. But you are the one who knows that. A lot of times the reason why you're not, you're confused is because you're still beating yourself up from something in the past. And so it's gunked up your energy and you have your energy stuck in a gunked up place. And if you do, like you say, you you take notice and say, you know what, there's something something off here. I'm going to clear that. And I'm going to just say, I'm giving myself clearance of the past. I'm setting myself free to my forward-facing future. I'm transmuting my energy from all that stuckness. I'm freeing the energy so that it's available for reassignment. And then the reassignment comes not from something from on high, spinning around and giving you, dropping money into your lap. It's from you reassigning it. Say, okay, I'm going to focus this energy over here. And I'm going to be consistent with that. And that's when you're going to start to see things blossom. And that's why you get synchronicities, because now your energy starts to give you, you know, pets on the head. Yes, this is awesome. This is, you know, you've refocused long enough. Long enough could be a day. And you start to get a positive, you get a positive thing. And instead of saying, oh, that was so weird, that something positive happened. Oh, that was so weird. That was odd. Oh, see, that was crazy. Don't give those those names. Because when you start saying, when new things start to happen, you say, oh, that's odd. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, I wonder if that was real. You literally jam up the energy again. You trap yourself again. Because then you start to give an invitation to the energy to start proving out that it was just a hoax. What you want to do is celebrate that and say, wow, look at that synchronicity. Whoa, keep it coming. Let's go. Okay, that's encouraging. Say, that's encouraging. And say, oh, that's crazy. Oh, God. You know, oh, that's so weird. You know, you don't want to, like, raise the bar on yourself. You say, okay, I see that I, I deliberately you know, ritualize my change by lighting a candle, by, you know, burning a piece of paper with the old thing on it saying I'm done or whatever. All sorts of clearing things out there. And then moving forward, taking that new energy, transmuting it, reassigning it. Okay? So, you know, freedom is really right at the tip of your fingers. It's right there. And it's really just a matter of making a decision. Change happens in an instant. It really doesn't take a long period of time. It certainly doesn't take years of momentum, you know, whatever. The actual change happens in an instant. And then the steps you take after that make it whether it's going to stay consistent and and, and continue forward or not. Okay? So I'm going to end with that. I don't see that we have any questions. So we're going to end for tonight. Uh, give this a try and keep an eye on your inbox because we're going to do a preview call next Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific time. So that's 3 p.m. Eastern, and it'll be recorded, and I'll send out the replay as well. 
But um, if you are on the lines live, you'll be able to ask me questions and whatnot. And we're going to all talk about uh, getting your second win, getting started with that in our new program. That registration will open up, open up next week. All right? So in the meantime, have a great week. We'll be back here same time next week. And I will end with my motto, which is, you truly can have exactly what you want. You absolutely deserve it too. And in this new energy, anything is possible. Take care, everybody. Have a great night.